Good evening. Welcome to episode 11 of Football Revisited. The Premier League may have not rearranged fixtures very well this week, but Football Revisited has had no such problems. Thankfully, we're back to full strength. Burke and Rob have had their pre-match meal in the form of a pizza, and Mr. Stats, aka Sims, is ready to push through and play again. So, to start off, how are we all, gents? We all doing well? Yeah, good. Good intro there, Bats. As well as well. Be. Hey, when two of the guys are pizzas, it's got to be mentioned. <laughs> we won't mention the toppings. Rob, mention <laughs> There's nothing wrong with an original cheese and tomato, okay? <laughs> Classic. Hey, we'll put it out to our two listeners and see what they respond. <laughs> Let's not let's not use the word classic and like put that out. It's not classic at all about it. Show us that the worst possible way. <laughs> the best possible way, something to say. <laughs> right, let's get into it. So, Rob, you've been off for a couple of weeks due to injury, and now you're back. Um, you said you listened to last week's pod, and there were some heated discussions about COVID. Do you want to give your two pence? What's your thoughts on the current situation in the Premier League? Um, well, it's it's wild. It's a kind of a wild time at the moment. Um, you know, most of the country is either in tier four or lockdown. Uh, we're at like an all-time high. Uh, as much as I'd love to say, kind of like postpone the season, there needs to be like a plan ahead because we're going into Euros in in the summer. So what we need to kind of think, there needs to be a plan ahead. I can't just go and say, you know. Let's, let's postpone the season, we catch up because it's, it is going to eventually affect the summer and the restart of the next season then in August, September, whenever. Um, but something needs to be put together. I, it's not safe to have all these Premier League games continuing. Uh, no matter how COVID has affected one player, it's going to, you know, it's going to affect others differently. There's, you know, there, there, there's people dying because of it. And I think the last thing you want is for uh, just another outbreak to happen, and we go into what well, the third lockdown or the third wave to happen. So, my view was to postpone it, but there would need to be some sort of plan ahead that is that just benefits football going forward as, as well. Well, I don't know about words in Sims's mouth, but he'll probably say the Premier League can't do that. So, maybe I, I literally was just thinking. Oh, it's a lovely plan. If only someone had thought of this maybe seven, eight months ago when they had three months off to do it. I think it's difficult, isn't it? I think it's easy oh, to say yeah. now with hindsight. I think it would take a genius nine months ago to go, look, in nine months' time, this is how bad it's going to be. It absolutely I'd... wouldn't take a genius. We were literally told this. And more than the point, your job is to think of as many um, curveballs as possible, as many... Situations that could happen. That's all they needed to do. Was I think that's place. easier said than done because, like, a slightly different scenario comes in and then it's not adequately like planned for. I think it's easy to criticize now, but like nine months ago, six months ago, it's I feel find it really harsh to have a go at them for not predicting this exact scenario. And I think they have reacted quite well. And I th- I would just say the transparency, like me and Butt said last week, is. All you, all they need to improve. Like, explain why games are being cancelled. Explain why some are being played, just so teams know what they're dealing with. I mean, we all. I, I cannot for the life of me see how there's an argument that they couldn't have seen this coming. Everyone but, but, knew nine months ago. Boris Johnson was estimating in the UK would have twenty thousand deaths. That rose to eight eighty thousand. Oh, I'm sorry. Are we, are we taking this government's word now? Let, 
Let's go into it. Let's delve into it. How we know thinking of this government actually what they're th- what they're thinking is potentially if they couldn't see it, then how could it, how could Premier League possibly see it? Sims, you work in school, yeah? This government. You you work in school. As as your school now adequately planned for this? Yes, because this since September level. we've actually since September we have actually been planning and we've also been running online learning in preparation in case it happened. And guess what? It did happen. Yeah, and I think the Premier League have planned for it, and this is their plan. The Premier League, like there is this a safe is environment. This is what this is what we this is what we're down to know. Is their games just getting cancelled, and nobody actually knows. Yeah, I think the games is fine. There's no problem with that. Yeah, but the problem is nobody knows. For example, exactly you said why, but then, for example, if his carries on going, and as Rob said, now he wants a two week break. Where? I didn't say two weeks. Okay, sorry. As Rob was saying, that it's time to postpone, you said, wasn't it? Yeah. Right, so just, let's just say it's a two-week break then. Or do you just mean postpone games? Like, just keep on postponing games? I, I think a break in general would be good, but... It, yeah, so... It's going to affect what's where, happening this summer. Where does this break come in? Oh, I, I'd love an immediate break. But this is my point. Where, where in the calendar is there time for a break now? Because you've, there's been no concessions made on anyone, on any um, any competition. Nothing has been planned so that you can say, right, there is a gap of three weeks there or two weeks where there's a midweek or two week in fit to fixtures if games are postponed. Yeah, but I think that comes into, um, it's not just the Premier League fault then because you've got international matches and then that comes down to FIFA to come involved. You've got the FA. You've got all these different agencies. So I, I find it hard to go, the Premier League haven't planned for this. Like, the Premier League can't really plan for it. There's 38 teams, uh, 38 games to be played for each team. They've got to play them. And you have the Euros at the end. So you've got 38 games to play by this point. What I don't see what more they can do. I, I understand the whole international. As in, I'm not expecting the Premier League to go to Brazil and say, actually, no, you can't call up the players. But my point is... There's got to be more. They've got to have done more. They've got to have some plans in place. There's it's clearly no plans in place. They just make this. We're making it up on the fly. Let's be honest. We're absolutely making it up on the fly. Yeah, but I would argue the protocols they had in place in the first place kind of bought them time, and they could go right. The protocols we've got in place, as long as the players stick to them, football is a safe place. We should not have to think of D-Day scenario and go. When does the Premier League get cancelled? I'm sure there have been talks about when the end comes. But there's been no reason to suggest why they would have to go so, like, in-depth on it because the protocols were working. The only reason they're not, like we discussed last week, the players not sticking to them. That's when we're starting now to see more breaches. I don't even see that you have to go so in-depth. You've just got to have a clear plan. Look, this is every club is agreeing at the start of the year. If we get to game week 19 and we get to that point, after that, if the worst comes to the worst, then we go points per game, or then we do this. They had that meeting. They did have that meeting, but there there wasn't. A, the teams didn't actually agree to it. This was back well before Christmas. They had a meeting, but the teams yeah, but, couldn't pass the well, vote level. Why are we having it well before Christmas? Why wasn't it done? Because why would you do it now? If you're Sheffield United, why would you say, "Oh yeah, we'll yeah. do it"? Like this is my point. This should be done before a ball is kicked, because until because once a ball is kicked, everyone's got vested interest in it. And in fairness to them, I would never agree to it. Doesn't matter who you are, because why should why would you feel Man City, for example, if say Liverpool, say my, um, Liverpool at the moment, just, just I'm not think, don't think they are, but just say you no, know, they would be the ones points per game to win the league. 
If you're Man City, why would you be like, oh yeah, that's fair enough? Because you're playing really well. It looks like you, you know, you could really mount a challenge. Even Man United, why would they say yes? It could you back then to this whole idea of like we were in lockdown one, where everyone's got vested interest in it. So you know, like someone yeah. divided, someone to play on. It should be done when it's a clean slate. And I just think it's just it's unbel- it's honestly it's un- I just find it unbelievable that we. I I know we're gonna come on to it, but it's just unbelievable that Fulham have been told two days before the game. Oh, you're actually playing now against Spurs. Yeah, that that's what I was going to bring up now because they've been given 48 hours basically to yeah. prepare. And I know some people will say, "Oh, well, you know, they're professional footballers. You know, they can deal with that. So they got 48 hours, like to completely change your whole tactics, to change personnel for a specific it's, game." Yeah, but it's not it's great. But ask. if this is the worst case scenario, it's better than no football at all. Let me ask you this, Burke. If it was Man United or Liverpool, would they be asking them to play? Yeah, I think so. I not chance. If it was Man United playing Liverpool or Man United playing Spurs, there's not a, or you know, Liverpool playing Spurs, there's not a chance that it would, they would be bullied out of it. Wow. I don't know. I I think there's been there's a gap in fixtures because the Elkrick of Villa, Fulham are a team that can come in and play. I don't see a problem with the Premier League going. Look, like you said, Sims, we need to put a plan in place. We need to change things to get through this pandemic. And they've they're doing that, and you haven't got them for it now. No, no, I got no issue with the fact that they put put an organize the game in it. My problem is two days before is when we're deciding. Oh, actually, the full Liverpool play. That's not good. Like, I'm sorry that if it was, and my problem would be if it was Liverpool, or if it was Man City, or if it was Chelsea. I genuinely don't think that would happen. It's because it's full up, because it's a small club. Who, let's be honest, most people look at it, and obviously the Premier League can't do this, but you know, don't tell me there's a part of them that thinks, oh, well, you know, like it's full um, would they be targeting that match anyway? Spurs away. Honestly, no they they would they wouldn't, they wouldn't happen. You know what I mean? If it was Man City Man United the game was or Live Play, then you, this wouldn't be a conversation. Yeah. Because then you'd have the broadcasters kicking off going, Oh, you know, we've got to move the time. You know, the games are half four in it on the weekend. It's, it's not even the broadcasters, yeah. it's literally just the clubs. They would just be like, not a chance. Yeah. Well, let's see what happens. Hopefully the games get pushed through. It, well, my point is that before all these congested fixtures, it seemed to be going pretty well. That's where me and Burke were coming from. It seemed to be dealing with it. I know that we've had all these fixtures. And obviously Christmas, everyone's going travelling around. It just seems like Aston Villa, they've had a spike. So I'm hoping once the fixtures um, span out a bit more, hopefully it might get a bit better. But... Yeah, I agree. It's not a great look for the Premier League. They don't look like they've planned properly. We'll my see. We'll my see. question would be, and it's to everyone, I think they're being reactive to everything. Yeah. It, as you said, it doesn't seem as if it's a plan. It's like, right, we, we need to make a plan now. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying, they, you know, obviously they couldn't foresee everything is happening, but you'd expect some kind of idea. Yeah. Honestly, as, as a project manager... My biggest thing is to look for risks and things that can happen in the future to affect the project, whether that's time, scope, or uh, money. So I find it hard to believe that the Premier League couldn't come up with a plan to go, if this happens, this will happen then, and get an agreement in place. But Yeah, uh, in the whole Premier the League brand, scheme of things, like for the Premier League, for the competition, I agree. But with individual matches, like Sim said, cancellations, that's going to happen. That was always going to happen. There was always going to be games cancelled. Yeah. This Fulham situation... I have absolutely no problem with that. Two days notice, I don't because 
you're saying about being like reacting to it. That's what they're doing, and they're reacting with a potential solution. They're trying something. Yeah, but I, I, I think what Sims are saying is they're reacting by like they're reacting and thinking, "Oh, we didn't know that was going to happen, so don't blame us." Oh, wait, okay, we'll just do this. Yeah, and Whereas, I think okay, that's... we'll react. We've got a plan, and we'll react to it. And this is what we're going to do. Transparency is the thing. If yeah, they said that's... in advance, look, that might have cancellations. Teams may have to play games at two, three days notice. As long as they came out and say that first, you don't have this backlash for Fulham. And that's all our point was last week. Just be more transparent with exactly the situation. I think that's all fine. I, in terms of the decisions they've made, I don't have a problem with. Just be transparent with it. That's what I'd say. Right, because I feel Sims could talk about this for three hours straight. So <laughs> let's, uh, let's put a pin in it and uh, we'll come back to it later on. Um, kind of going into this topic of, of COVID, the FA Cup was on this weekend. Um, we had some good games, some upsets. You know, uh, the part-timers surely beating the youthful Derby side. West Brom losing on pens to Blackpool. Uh, Mark White's Crawley Town smashing Leeds 3-0, uh, along with some other ones. Um, I'll go to Rob first. Did you feel the magic of the FA Cup this weekend, or were these fixtures that, in reality, didn't really need to be played and could have made room for a week off for, to get people's houses in order? Uh, yeah, I, I would have felt happier with uh, no games going on. Um, I guess yeah, the, the, the magic was there with Charlie and, Crawl- and Crawley. That's a lovely rhyme. Uh <sighs> It like it was just highlights I kind of watched and I saw like little tweets and whatever, but in the current climate, it's it's something that we can easily sacrifice. I think just for the benefit of the the sport for the UK right now. So uh, it was kind of like watching it, like gritting your teeth watching it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I felt the magic, especially with the Marine game, until I heard Dion Dublin open his mouth. <laughs> like, Let's not talk about Dion. No, the Marine Spurs, wow. for the first 25 minutes, I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Then the game kind of ended, and as soon as Spurs scored, they were going to. But I think that's what the F Cup's about now. Yeah. Yeah. Especially the all three. You see Jürgen Klopp's cut out board, somebody holding it there. You see you know, all the houses. They normally see the camera. The feel is different. Yeah, I that game especially and it was a night game as well makes it makes it a little yeah. bit better but yeah I think if you look across the fixtures overall you're looking and going do these teams really want to play these games or do they need to play these games I think the answer is no sports yeah. to be honest so but on, on they'll the be played side, and, to the Marine sorry you've got the Villa and Derby situations well, and I haven't played their youth teams yeah so yeah yeah personally I don't think the FA Cup should be going ahead but it is what it is so see where it goes. Um, cool. Right, we'll move on from that. Unless Sims has got anything he wants to add? Uh, no, no, I, I go along with it. I actually, I, work on this one. I, I, I actually did quite enjoy it and I normally against the FA Cup, but I think even more so maybe in times I guess now, the club's missing out on the finance, finances of it. If it were just to say, oh, there's no FA Cup, I mean, imagine where Marine would be or even Charlie, you know, they're going to get a bit of extra cash. So, uh, exactly, I'm all for it to be honest. Um, <laughs> I just think, yeah, it is a shame. I, I'm surprised the Liverpool game went ahead. That was a shame, I thought. But again, you say that, but then try telling that to some of the kids who played because I thought you know, they were brilliant and yeah. truly a hell of a moment for them, wasn't it? So, 
Do we discuss Villa and Liverpool about before the game about like the youngsters and stuff? But I, my argument is you've got potentially all eleven players will start for Villa may never make a an appearance against Premier League champions again. Um, they've they've all got that, and that Lewis Barry's got his goal. Good on lad. They could, they could set up his career. No, he's been seen now. Somebody takes him. Yeah, well, yeah if he doesn't work out and they don't offer him a contract. He may get a club maybe a league higher than he would normally just because he's got that on the CV. I yeah. think um, I think that I, I watched the video. I don't know if you've seen it. The, um, the Sheffield, you know, um, Sheffield Wednesday, the the boy came on for them, um, and his uh, and like when he was younger, he had um, he had some like, disability, uh, yeah. and then he came on for his debut, and um, when he came on, then his old man was watching on TV, obviously, and he was crying or he was yeah. so cried. I think sometimes you watch that and you think, oh, actually, yeah, we don't play almost what a debut means to someone. Because obviously yeah. we see them, oh, they get picked and then it's like, oh, they're just standing there on, on they go, oh, brilliant, well done for him. But, you know, you've got to remember, I suppose, it's, you know, it's 15 years of, 13 years, 15 years of hard work for that player to get yeah. there. You've got that for the rest of your life. Like, for example, the Marine centre-back, David Raven, they mentioned about four or five times just the fact he played one game for Liverpool. Like, you've got that forever. People won't forget that. Do you know what I mean? You know, they've been on the same pitch as Gareth Bale. And it's, I think um, I think sometimes, you know, I think of the Villa one there and I think, well, good on them for playing the game because for those for that set of lads, you know, they'll all they'll always have that, don't they? They'll always have yeah. a shirt to whoever they've swapped with. They'll always have that time that they played against Premier League champions. And only played, did well. Same yeah. from Green, well, Right. That was your heart in your mouth when Marine hit the bar. <laughs> yeah. As again, not another Joe Hart mistake. <laughs> mistake. But uh, uh, I, I enjoyed the game. I, I was a bit like a bit like Joe say, it was a bit slow at the start. But yeah, I think five nil, I think Marine would just be going, you know, that's like a handicap of they probably got a nil nil draw there. <laughs> yeah. It was on five nil. So they probably would have taken on, yeah. I agree. Great great late ball those players. Yeah. Right, so let's preview the big one. I think Burke mentioned this um, on last week's pod. It's probably the biggest Liverpool United game for, for a long, long while. Um, both teams joined top of the league. United with a game in hand, uh, playing tonight, so could go top. Um, Burke, I'll start with you. What, you. You obviously mentioned that last week. What are your kind of thoughts now, closer to the game? You excited? Um, about I'm excited. I think I'm always excited for it, but. Uh... I think I'd also be excited if I was a Man U fan, licking my lips. It's kind of the time you want to play Liverpool um, with the, with the uh, squad problems and the form they're going through. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think it sets itself up to be a quality game. Yeah, I think I've watched a lot of those games as, as a neutral and it's always built up. You have the great montages before games, you know, building up all back in the day. And then the game plays, like, you know, it doesn't really live up to the hype. Whereas this one, you know, this time it should because both teams are, are fighting for the top. Um, yeah, they're going into it on the same level now, where normally they're at least one level apart. Yeah, definitely. Um, Sims, what what are you going to be looking out for during the game? What, what are the big matchups, key battles, in your opinion? Um, I think I think it's pretty obvious that my United will attack whoever's partner in Fabinho, and probably that'll be Trent Alexander-Arnold side. The talk of Matt being back. Um, if he's back, great, because I think that does make a big difference to Liverpool. More so, just the confidence, I think, the rest of the team. They don't try, because I think at the moment, especially in the midfielders, they've all dropped back an extra 10 yards because they're trying to protect 
they know there's a weakness behind there and they're trying to protect it. But the knock-on effect then is that everything is 10 yards further back and it's just more difficult to play the pass, isn't it, at the moment? Um, so I think, you know, you know the rush with a Martial are going to run down that channel. If I was Man United, that's what I'd be doing. I'd be spinning and going every time. Um, and then I look out, you just hope, hopefully Thiago will play again. Because I think whenever we see him, you know, I, I, it was a tough game against Southampton. I don't think he played very well. Um, so he, and he had a tough game himself. Because I, I mean, we're all for big game up. But, you know, sometimes when they play badly, you say, and he did play badly. Um, but I think, yeah, just watching him in a big game, and you'd like, well, hopefully as a Liverpool fan, that this kind of game you want him to, to, to show his worth in it. So that's what I'd be looking out for, personally. Yeah. Anyone else? Any key battles for anyone else? Uh, for me, it would be how well can the United defence keep Salah and Mane frustrated? When they, They're doing when that they... themselves at the moment. <laughs> yeah. But can they can they just capitalise on that? Let let them play poorly. You know, Don Wambasaka is one of the best you know, tackling fullbacks in the league. If he can just have a great day up against Mane, then let Liverpool beat themselves. I um I'll be honest. I I've read a lot about how it's a massive game for Liverpool and things, but I think I'm on the other side. I think it's a bigger game for Man United because I just feel like. If you're Man United and you can go there and you can get a result, I think that is you then, you're cementing yourself as a contender. But if you were to go there now and Liverpool roll you over, I mean, a lot of people will look at it and go, oh, well, there we are, then That's, that is actually the level. It's just they've had a good run. So I think, I think it is a bit more pressure on Man United than maybe, maybe it's being told at the moment. Because I think it's a, it's a big game. It's a statement game for them. Yeah. It is, but, but it's also one of those games where people aren't fully expecting them to, like, Mount a tight challenge at the moment. I think this game, if they win, great because it does that. But if they lose, people will just go, "Ah, oh, well, maybe next, like not maybe next year, but like maybe we're not quite at that level yet." And I think that's. <clears throat> I think expectation anyway. Yeah, well, we know Man United are going to play. They're not going to play any differently to how they played the last few years coming on field. Um, so it's just. I think is the onus on Liverpool, but I, I do think it's a bit more pressure on Man United than than is being maybe talked about at the moment. Yeah, that that was my next question asking you. Like, what's a good result for both teams? So it sounds like Sims is saying that Man you kind of have to go there and, and maybe get a draw, but probably get a win, whereas Liverpool could probably afford to. But I don't know actually. I'm the opposite. I think Liverpool. Both teams have to kind need of the win. I feel Liverpool need to win more than United do. Because yeah. Liverpool are expected to win. Yeah, so, I, I think I think if Man United were to get a draw there, that'd be a good result to Man Yeah. I think they come away from it happily. Um, and I think, you know, on the same flip side, I think if Liverpool were to draw, they'd probably be unhappy. But I just think for Man United, it, what a win would mean, I think it would be a massive statement win. And I think that's the kind of win that you look at and go, all right, you can take Sartik and Solskjaer pretty serious now again. You know, because you everyone wants to get sucked in with it, don't they? Like we, we sat here, yeah, we sat here and slagged him off numerous times. But when they get on these runs, you can't help but think, oh, do you mean are they, are they that far off then? Well, you know they are. We we know that. Do you mean? But if they were to go then win, I think that's a big statement. As um, as you three are Liverpool fans, obviously it's been a little bit of a bad run, two draws and a loss. 
if Liverpool were to lose, would the alarm bells be ringing or is it just still a little bit of a bit? The alarm bells are currently ringing. Yeah, mine, my mm-hmm. alarm bells have been, yeah. I think it's not just about those results you mentioned, it's the performances as well. And mm-hmm. the Spurs win kind of masked the bad performances in the games leading up to that game. Then we had Spurs and Palace, that was great. And then the old performances came back. So, yeah, I'd say there's problems there, but uh, we touched on those last week and I would put them down to more so the squad and the injuries than anything bigger. Yeah. I'd expect those players to to kind of step up now in this because they know they have to kind of get results here. So like I'd the Spurs the game. Front three, yeah, you know, they have to play well. So I'd expect Salah and Mane to... That's what I'm hopeful for. Because if we go in and play like we have in the last few games, Man U will batter us because they've got the pace to take advantage. But if we turn up like we did against Spurs, I think we will batter them. It's just, I think Liverpool are in control in terms of it's all about which Liverpool turn up. Yeah, well, either way, it's going to be a great game. And uh, hopefully Sky Sports put some decent pundits on because we all know you two don't like the pundits. So I I want Keane, yeah. Just on his own? Soon, yes. That'll be it. It depends if it's like a soup Sunday and who who else is on that day. Yeah. I don't know who's on before. I think uh, actually I think so. Um Sheffield and Spurs were on the game before. So Rednap. Maybe Red Nap, yeah. yeah. Soon Ness covers Spurs, doesn't he? I'm sure he's played for Spurs as well. Yeah, he did, yeah. And then maybe get Gene Evan Carver in after the game or something. They've done cool comms together as well, won't they? Yeah. Great. Can't wait. We'll see. We'll see. Look forward to next week's pod. Predictions, boys? Um, As the neutral, I'll go... I think Liverpool might win. I think Liverpool might get 2-1. I'll go nil-nil. Oh, not again. (laughs) (laughs) There's been so many nil-nils in the last five years. They're always boring games. The boys know what I'm going to say. Man U 2-1. And then <laughs> I'm either right or Can't I'm wrong and I'm winning. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm going to say a one-all draw. No yeah. one's gone for Liverpool win. I did. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I thought you said draw as well. No, no. That's fun. <laughs> <Two, two one. laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Two> <laughs> yeah. Um, right. So, let's wrap that up. Let's move on to the second segment. Burke brought this up in the week. We are going to pick our team of 2020. Um, Burke, I don't know if you want to kind of explain how we're going to do it, what your um, thoughts were on it. Yeah, so basically I saw a few things on BT Sport and BT Sport of teams of 2020 and I was kind of having the debate in my head of why wouldn't I have him in. I thought, let's bring it Let's bring it to the boys. Um, so am I right, Buster? You've got a trivia question sorted. I have. So we're going to decide a certain order between us four on that and then what we're going to do is position by position, just have a chat between us four and then whoever's go it is makes the final say on which player of the ones we've discussed will be in that position. So do your trivia question and I'll explain a bit more once we've got the order. Are there there LSC players included or the... No, Liverpool players. Lovely. Only because with three... Liverpool were obviously the best team in 2020 so they probably naturally make up seven or eight. With the fact three Liverpool players, uh, three Liverpool fans are choosing, they would probably make ten of the eleven. So, <laughs> yeah, except make it a bit more interesting. Than Everyone except would make it. <laughs> right. So I got the trivia question. It's a two-part question, but the first answer isn't going to determine 
who's going to be picking the second part will. So yeah. as it is a team of 2020, question is around 2020. Can someone tell me, first of all, who had the most shots in 2020 without scoring? Any guesses? I will tell you in a moment. Bobby Firmino. Nope. Rob Sims, any guesses? Top of your head. Oliver Burke. Nope. Rob is the midfielder, if that helps. Ruben Neves. <laughs> You're actually bang on. I feel like you should have it, but I'm not going to give it to you. Right, <laughs> so it's Ruben Neves. <laughs> it's, it's a two-part question. Right, so he had more shots without scoring. So we're going to go around, and I want you to guess how many shots he had. You got that stat. So as Rob got it right, you can go first and guess. How many games were in 2020? He also won the ball back more than any other player in 2020. He did. <clears throat> He's the man. Uh, I'm going to go with 22 shots. Okay. I'll go higher. I'll go 48. Okay. I'm going to go 49. <laughs> so I can confirm. Rob has gone from hero to zero and is dead last. We were 22, so he's third. And then second place is going to be Mr. Stats, Steve Sims, 48, 49, first place. He actually had 54 shots. So you two weren't that far off. The way he worked smiling, I genuinely thought he knew it. And I thought, <laughs> I was going to go with it. <laughs> no, I was trying the dirty tactic. I used to just go one above you. Yeah, it's worked an absolute treat. But no, you were both pretty. Good. All right. You kick us off. So we'll start with goalkeepers. So we'll just have a discussion and then I will have the final say on who football revisited goalkeeper yeah. 2020 is. Yeah. Uh, we play a 4 3 3, Premier League team of the year, no Liverpool players. So I wrote two down. So obviously, chuck in more. If I had as my two Dean Henderson and Emiliano Martinez, my two goalkeepers <laughs> of 2020. Sims' favourite player. Go on, Sims. Hey, Go on, next. Go on. I just want to ask a question. Only because the first name in my mind was Martinez, but obviously a lot of it was well was the FA Cup. So you know you said Premier League team. Is it yeah. literally only Premier League? No, 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 just Premier League players. Okay. But I everything they've done in the calendar year would come towards it. So yeah. for Larry, I gen, first thing I thought of was Martinez when I was thinking this earlier on for the FA Cup run they had. And also, they picked up quite good results towards the end of the season after lockdown. Yeah. And um, and he was quite central to it. So And then, obviously, Gunnar Villa. And he picked up Any other goalkeepers, boys? Uh, Nick Pope, I had in mind. I was just about to say Nick Pope as well. Has he been yeah. that? He had the second most clean sheets. And he was vital to Burnley finishing 10th, which I didn't realise Burnley finished 10th. Yeah. Which That's is fair. a big, big thing for that club. Burnley finished 10th? Yeah, I know. I was shocked when I looked, to be honest. Yeah, I don't know. Huh? So, yeah, so Nick Pope, obviously. Ed Edson won golden gloves, did he? Or? He, had six, he had 16 clean sheets. Okay. Uh, so, obviously, he's a bit of an obvious choice, sorry, but if he makes it, he makes it. Personally, I, I would go with Nick Pope. That, that would be my choice. Or, or Dean Henderson. Just Dean Henderson, you know, he had a point to prove on loan. You see, a lot of loan players don't really do that much. But, you know, I'll go back to Manu and then work out there. But, you know. I've given a lot of crap to Sheffield United, so I'm going to give them love. They were fantastic last season, so 
they have 13 clean sheets. And Dean Henderson was a big part of that. Yeah. And then they get Dramzillin, who uh, just misses ah. out on this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. 20, he's 20th on the list. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Right. So I'll make the final say uh, my goalkeeper for my team, well, for our team, is Emiliano Martinez. Fantastic. Seems his favorite player. I think it's a good joke. <laughs> I feel like with Henson, like I thought he was very brilliant last year, last season, but this season and the last yeah. half of the year, yeah, Martinez has done something both both end last season and start of this. So I'll go Emiliano. No problem at all. No problem at all. So sure. I think Sims was second, so he's going to start the defense, defensive. So Sims kicks off, mate. The whole defense, just right back. So do I start right back, is it? Yeah, right back. And then we'll do centre backs as one. And we can't have the obvious answer, I'm guessing. Yeah, we can't have Trent. Trent you can say his name, but he can't be the one. It's ineligible. You can give okay. him a mention as to say it would be him if we were allowed to say him. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, he barely does have a move in the summer. So I'll check out. He, he's, not, he's not a great back end, but Matt Docherty's he's done all right, didn't he? I'll check his name out. Yeah. And I'll check out. Um, no, I won't actually. I'm not going to do actually because he got injured. So I'm going to say no. I'll just check that out for now. What, what, out of interest, was the player you were about to name, we just said was injured, Ricardo Pereira? It was, yeah. Yeah. He, he was my choice. I couldn't really think of another right back, to be honest. But my, I know he didn't play much. My choice, I've got Reese James. I, I think although Reece Chelsea haven't been great, I think he's established himself as Chelsea's best right back. And although Chelsea haven't been convincing and pretty underachieved last year, I feel he's one that hasn't. He's England national, scored a screamer. I think he's he's been consistent for Chelsea. I think he's been one of their better players. And he's my player. I was. Yeah. Juan yeah. Bissaka, I don't yeah. think you can. I mean, he's had no, that. I'm strongly against Juan Bissaka. <laughs> Who are you going to say, Rob? Uh, yeah, well, I had Reese James and Juan Bissaka, but I had them at right back and left back. So, luckily, I don't have to make the decision at left back. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy to go with uh, Reese James. Great right foot. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think Reese James is the best out of the ball. Reese James makes in. Um, so, we'll do centre backs, just discuss all centre backs, and Rob can choose the pairing. And then you can do left back first. Uh, well, the first name I've got at centre back, I've got Connor Cody. Same. I had his name down, but I deleted it. Well, so I, I he is, one. is the best of the rest, to be honest with you, the centre backs. Yeah, he's up there for me as one of the centre backs. Yeah. Another name I got down, uh, Kagla Soyunku. Yeah, I got Soyunku. I thought he's. Uh, Quality. Any other names to chuck in? Eric Dyer. Oh, God. Are you trying to annoy me? Tyrone Mings. Tyrone Mings isn't a bad shot, actually. He is, yeah. He is a good, good player. Well, um, his first season primary, and he's come, yeah. a lot of centre backs come up and stand out for not being quite that quality, but he hasn't. He looks, uh, he looks like at a home. good. Yeah. Modern day centre back as well. He's got the height and the pace. Sims. Yeah. Uh, I like Mings because I think if you're going off 2020, so Villa were off for the first a start of 20, um, the start of the 2019-20 season. 
locked after lockdown, they picked up a lot of points. Mings are crucial to that. And then obviously they started this year well, as in from September onwards. And then I actually caught Connor Cody was number one on my list. Yeah, um, got England cap, got and he scored on his debut, didn't he? He's yeah. a captain of Wolves. They had a nice little run in Europe. Yeah. Um, I just think he's he's had a good year. I you number one in my mind, personally. Another quick one I had done. I know people aren't gonna like this, but I'm giving a lot of love to Burnley. James Salkowski, another good good season. Was under the radar a little bit. Again, 15 clean sheets. He's vital to that defence. So it's not as if it's just Nick Paul. And they uh, finished 10th last season. Exactly. They have a great start of the season, but they've, they've come back. He made 200 clearances in 2020, which is the best in the league. And he played every game. So, yeah. That's, that's sure. a very good shot, actually. Especially when you consider like the number of clean sheets and how they did. Got yeah. the credit somewhere. Rob, decision's yours. Who's the centre-back so, player? In a centre-back one, Conor Cody, and because this is a democracy, and we love democracy, I'm overruling you all, I'm chucking in Soyuncu. <laughs> I knew it. I knew we picked the two players. <laughs> Brilliant. I can't believe we picked the guy from Shrek. <laughs> uh, but That's you right. got the left-back oh, slot. Lovely, great slot. Um, I found this one quite difficult, to be honest. I don't think there's too many good left-backs in the league. Um, but I went with Lucas Dinier. He had, I think he was the second highest person with assists behind Trent. He had seven, um, takes great corners and great set pieces for um, Everton. Always bombing down the wing, putting, putting in good balls for Charleston and DCL. So, yeah, he's come from Barca and he seems to have settled in well, playing down a level. So, yeah, Lucas Dinier is my, my pick. Ben Chilwell, I thought, has uh, done well after his move as well. He's settled in that Chelsea team, isn't he? Yeah. I, I thought this was one of the easier ones in terms of a standout. I thought Luca Dinho was the standout for this one, personally. And Stevens. Um, yeah, but I, I think I, I looked at... I think there's not a lot of good left-backs out there, is there really. I think you've got Robertson and then maybe one or two underneath and then there's a big gap in there. And I think yeah. Look at Inye, he's a, he's all, if Everton play well, it tends to be because he's played well. And, you know, I know the long modern game, full-backs are having more of a say in it, but that's still quite an achievement from left-back. Yeah. So, yeah. for me... I'd say as well... With, sorry, Sims. No, no, go on. As I say, for me... As I say, with, with the Sheffield players, I think it's it's easier to pick players from that team because they did so well in finish line, I think. It'll be thought they do that. But then, would you pick the, any of those players to go into any of the other teams? I don't think you would. No. It's easy to say that now because they've only won. They've got then arguably, points. that's why they should be on this list is because they're not that quality, but for what they achieved. Well, but then since, yeah, if we're I saying know. 2020, since lockdown, like it's not just this season. It's yeah. since they came back. Um, they've been really poor. Which is like half the year. So, Just to uh, let you know, boys, um, Sheffield United have actually scored tonight. So they, at the moment, they're 10 oh. minutes away from their first win of the season. Two and two. They won in the FA Cup as well. Ah, they're going to more than double the Premier League points tally if they hold, <laughs> hold on. Fair play. Bruce out. <laughs> Don't stop. <laughs> Be gone by right, Christmas. So you're, you're first. It's, uh, it's my pick, I think, in it. So I love Ben Chilwell. He's been in my team, draft team, the last couple of years. But I'm going to go with uh, Lucas Dinier. Nice. I, uh, 
I agree with that. Uh, what we'll do now, three-man midfield, we'll just have a discussion about all the midfielders, and then I'll name one, Sims name one, Rob name one, yeah. and we'll do the same for the front three. Yeah. So, uh, centre-mids, um, I think the standout is probably Bruno Fernandes, since he's coming in January. He has for the whole calendar year just kept tallying up those assists and goals. Um, so, yeah, I think, obviously, we'll He's been mentioned. I don't think there's much of a debate in. about that one. Um, he walked in, didn't he? De Bruyne. Declan Rice, I thought, deserves a shout-out. I think he's been under the radar good, through a, like consistent for West Ham. Suchek, since coming in. Yeah. Uh, in my team, I'm, uh, I'm playing Jack Grealish in the midfield. So I've uh, chucked him there. Yeah. Except that. I, yeah, I, I think Kevin. Kevin's got to get. You know, he's standard. Yeah, yeah twenty it, assists. Kevin, Bruno, and Grealish get into my midfield three. Yeah, good. Uh, another one I had as well. Although at the start of the twenty twenty, I can't remember if he was that good, but especially towards the end, James Ward-Prowse has, has stood out. Got a yeah. call up. It's probably the best free kick taker in the league. He's captain of, as well as Hampton. So, so yeah, important. He yeah, he so deserves. Deserves a shout. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I'll. Any other midfielders chuck in? While we're no, so, I, I agree with Rob's three. To be honest, I think so. I'll chuck the easy one in. I'll go Bruno and then Sims. I'll go with Kevin De Bruyne. And I go with Yeah, I was going to say. I wouldn't be surprised if you pulled out someone random over you. <laughs> <laughs> um, Actually, so, Westwood gets in. <laughs> yeah. They finished 10. Bruno, De Bruyne, Grealish are our midfield three. And then uh, we'll go, we'll discuss our front three, and then we'll do the same with Butts, me, and Sims. Yep. And then, Rob, you can choose the manager. Oh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> That's dangerous. Um, so I think the obvious ones to mention are um, Vardy, Ings. Yeah. Those made my team. Son, Kane. Yeah. Auber. But he's not at the great end of 2020. I, I think an honorable mention would be, sorry, Sam, so be uh, Raul Jimenez. I think he's been brilliant for Wolves since he's been there. Under the radar, yeah. he just always, like. Yeah, he always scores. He always seems to score, and he always wins games for Wolves and always is involved. So I know he had that bad injury and hasn't played the last few weeks. Yeah. He had 70 goals in that last season, so. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I, I also chuck in Reeves too, Lynn. I think you kind yeah. of go to the. <clears throat> no, no, it's, it's a bit it's difficult, man, to do because you, you feel like, oh, do you want to put them in because everyone knows they're good? But you can't, it's like De Bruyne, you can't really ignore the fact that they've scored so many goals or that they've, you know, that they've run in games. So, like for me, I, I think Ings and Son is, is a cert, and then it's just that last place if you go with Vardy or Sterling or wherever you go with. For I'd me, I'd agree with that and take Vardy. Top goal scorer just seems to score all the time. And he's 34, like you know, he's looks like he's playing like he's 24. Quality he is quality, yeah. And his celebrations it, are great as well. <laughs> I love that. He, he just seems an absolute nightmare to defend, and he like we've oh, spoken yeah. about it so much. Like his runs, uh, it, it's I think it's he does the obvious run, which it sounds really stupid, but like he just where like sometimes I feel like I think Salah is a perfect example. A man, they just kind of get in their own heads and it's trying to become too complicated. Vardy's going to get to the near post and yeah. he's going to beat you there. And then he's going to fit. 
Do you mean like like armchair supporters watch a game and go, oh, you should run there. Yeah. Vardy always, that's what Vardy does. He just does so simple but so effective, isn't he? And his skill is, isn't it? The fact that he can bend it perfectly or he can tie yeah. it perfectly. Like, you know, it's not not to a downplay in it because it's unbelievable what he does. But it's but he's doing it to such a high level yeah. that at times it's almost it's almost you can't defend it, can you? You know what I mean? So it's he is outstanding. Like, like I said, I personally would go with him. Um, I'm, I'm thinking about it. Ings has had a good journey. It's impossible not to put him in. Yeah, especially what well, you know, he's had two ACL ops. I mean, crikey, Sims we know about that. He's come back and he's yeah. scored 40 goals, I think, in, in the last two or three seasons. Yeah, and so. for Southampton as well. Yeah, exactly. Not, not many teams do it for a team who kind of bottom 10. So consistent and so quality. Um, so, but you said Vardy, is that going to be your first name in? Yeah, yeah, I'd go for Vardy. Um, and then it comes back to me, I'll go Danny Ings and then Sims. It has to be Son then, doesn't it? He's Son. a hell of a He's a, you know, he's, you think of where he was when he joined Spurs and you think of him now, you know, he is, he's world class now, isn't he? And yeah. the biggest compliment I give him is that whenever he's through, you think, oh, go, he's finishing that. Yeah. Um, he reminds me a bit of Torres in that way. You remember peak Torres where he'd get through and you just trusted him. Yeah. And then the rest of his game on top of that. Just, yeah, he is incredible. Um, Rob, who's old manager? Well, as much as I'd love to say Marcelo Bielsa. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I've, I've got three managers. I'll let you three uh, kind of vote on. Uh, Brendan Rodgers was one of the choices. Uh, Sean Dyche, another choice. But the one I, I particularly think... Uh, could could win it, uh, Dean Smith. Thing is, yeah. with the, we haven't got a Burnley player, and, and Bats has been singing their praises. Oh, I love Burnley. Happy players, happy players, turf more. Imagine Sean Dice managing this group. Oh, unbelievable! I feel like Sean Dice had locks and pass a Kevin De Bruyne game that he never even. I would go down for those. I'd go um, Sean Dice just because we've got two Villa players, and Villa have got their love in this. Yeah. So. I think yeah. Burnley does. Is, is there an argument for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer? No. <laughs> <laughs> too, too erratic. No. No, I mean, no top four, I, good running you go. I do get the argument. They're currently out what? of Europe. No, no, they're currently top of the top of the league. Well, top, joint top, whatever you want to call it. Top of the Europa League, whatever. Is there not? Um, I no? guess you could, but. No. It's a, I, th- I think it's too it's hard to make. Yeah, got that money, you've got, you got the, the brand to bring in any player you want, basically. You've got to be challenging the league, at least, to even get a mention. So to fi- yeah, they finish you should not be like happy with the fact they're competing and out of the Champions League. Yeah. They finished third, and they were 30 points behind the eventual Champions So, no. In fairness, though, I mean, I think that's what everyone was behind last year. Like, I feel like I do feel very sorry for managers when they say, I heard of a lamp by the day and on Arteta, they were like, oh, you know, Arteta finished like 40 points playing Liverpool. It's like, well, yeah, of course he did. Because Liverpool won every game, basically, until, what is it, week, th- came the game week 32 or something stupid like that. What's you you get yourself into by getting that job and spending 80 million, 45 million, 50 million? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got. Deal yeah, with it. So. That's true. No. 
it's, it's a no from me. It's a no from me. Sean Dyche all the way. I just thought I'd stick up for all this. Has somebody been sliding in your DMs? On Instagram? I, I'm, I'm going to wait for Adam's message this yeah. week after that. I'm going to go in for that one. <laughs> <laughs> so it's Sean Dyche, is it? Seeing as I love democracy, yeah, I'll pick Sean Dyche. Oh, I, I was waiting for <laughs> Charles Strad to be named. <laughs> So I would team just to recap. To recap our team, uh, Emiliano Martinez, Reese James, Corner Cody, Suyunchu, Lucas Dinia, midfield three of Bruno Flandes, KDB and Jack Grealish, and then Vardy Ings and Son up front, managed by Sean Dyche. Just get a bit of defensive steel in it. <laughs> what a team. What a team. Sean Dyche will just sort the defence out and he'll say to the rest of the boys, you go and play, go score the goals. I'll sort this out. We actually play a lot like a Burnley type where we're solid defensively and we got, well, you could argue Burnley don't have pace up top, they go for size, but we've just gone, right, we're going to lump it down the side <laughs> and yeah. that, and Son and the bottom and, and he's just going to chase, chase, chase. Yeah, it's a great team. Great team. All right, I'm sure we'll post that up somewhere and get a lot of abuse, but there we are. This is social media. Um, right, the anticipation has been building for days, weeks, months. The Cleo Sims is question. Oh, yeah, I gave a teaser for last week. Yeah, don't tease us any longer. Give us the question. Well, it can be very disappointing because I can't remember it, so I have to make a new one. <laughs> I have to make uh, a new question because I, I honestly haven't got a clue what my brilliant question was last week. This is uh, why. We shouldn't go through. We should, when you've got a real question, just trust me and let me do it. Well, <laughs> you, you should to, have like, written it down. Nobody's a winner. Well, we'll come back to you in six months. Hopefully, yeah. And then hopefully the pod's still going by then. And then, you know, if not, it'll just be us having a baby somewhere. Hopefully, in a post-COVID we world. Know, we don't even know if we can do that, Sims. But um, <laughs> Enough I actually, my question this week um, is... I mean, FA Cup was on, and you can see you can see some of these grounds. And you think, oh, that, you know, that looks like a nice little place to go and watch football. So I thought the best grounds in English football. You don't you don't need to have been there. Um, and when I say best grounds, obviously you know if we haven't we haven't been to the majority of them, almost all of them. So I don't mean where's the best burger, where's the best turnstiles, baller. I just mean viewing experience from TV, best atmosphere when the place is rocking. Um, and just general vibe of the area. So I'll chuck out some of my favourites to start with. So I am a big fan of Villa Park. I've always liked Villa Park. I think it's to do with the fact that the semis of the FA Cup used to be there. So I always looked at that and thought, there's a semi there, it's always a big game. Um, I think it always looks like a big stadium, but it's not overly sized that you think that you lose some of the atmosphere. Um, and then I also chuck in Ellen Road for the same reason. I think Ellen Road's always bouncing. And my last one would be, um, I actually weirdly like uh, Pride Park. I don't know what's called these days. Derby County's ground. They've probably got some sponsor now, but is it Bet32 something? Is that what it's called? I'll just go with Pride Park. We'll go with Pride Park for now, but... Sellers Park. I always loved watching a live game on TV. Sellers Park. Palace. Yeah. Wiles. Yeah, it was bouncing. Um, yeah. St James's Park. I don't know why. I've always had a soft spot for Newcastle. A lot of passion. Films. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I got yeah. a massive bugbear with the Newcastle one though, because for me it's like aesthetically it's really ugly because it's three huge stands and then one stand that looks like they run out of money. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, I, I always it just annoys me. So I, I for me I could never put them on my list because they're really young. Because I think just finish it off, just put another plonk another big one there, <laughs> and then you've got a big stadium because it is yeah. it's a huge stadium, isn't it? It's it is, stadium. yeah. But yeah. one more I check out, and I only because. You think back to like the mid two thousands, which me and Butts love. The Premier League years, mid two thousands, Fulham was always class. Oh, yeah. Fans are really close. You can like corner when there's corners, the fans can almost touch your players. It was like it wasn't wasn't necessarily a difficult atmosphere to play in, but there was a real like for it's example, cute. I remember watching players scoring and like, they go to the corner and they literally are right by the fans. Yeah, yeah. Another one that's just popped my mind after you said that, which is peak. Mid 2000s Premier League is uh, Portsmouth Stadium. Right, when, I, when I was rocking back in the day, that was a good stadium as well. We heard the um, like the jingles going on, the guy on the music. Oh, yeah. Sullivan Tyron Boys <laughs> Stadium. All three of you have been Spurs Stadium, haven't you? Yeah. Mm. Good stadium. No mention of that? Well, it's so modern that, and there's no. There's no. History. Yeah, there's Spurs. <laughs> it's a very Fun. impressive stadium. Oh, it is. Yeah. It is good. Yeah. Ask me in twenty years. The stadium deserves a shout out. Oh yeah, of no, course. It's, 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 Upton Park. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Some of the old ones are good. Yeah, some of the old ones were were, were quality, weren't they? Like, yeah. um, I quite like Ewood Park, but then I always remember Ewood Park being a bit of a dump. So I don't know why yeah. I liked it because the pitch was never great. It looked really dated. It's like Turf Moor where, do you know on BT, where they have the view where it goes up over the stand and looks out. Nah, keep, keep, <laughs> put it back down. Put it back down. Birmingham <laughs> Stadium. Nice. St. Andrew. Do you know what I hated about that? The groundsman used to do it. Um, the, it was too, like, it was too like the green. So if you yeah. think about it, do you know, because they were allowed back in the day, you know, to do their own patterns. Yeah. yeah. And that, his was like, he'd always go striped, but it'd be really thin striped. I'm a big fan of the thicker stripe. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't mind mixing up. I don't mind like thin stripes or circles. Yeah, That's all circle. fine. But when Leicester were doing like stars and weird stuff like that, nah, that was too far. Yeah, there was some, there was some joke going on Leicester, wasn't it? Like, it, yeah. it, I'll be funny. It, it's the classic, just one spoiler for everyone. Because he's got <laughs> yeah. that now yeah. and no, nobody can do what they want to their picture. Yeah. yeah. I don't like Leicester Stadium. Um, I think the season they yeah. won the league actually ruined it for me. Because I was like, this stadium does not deserve a league title. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Bocelli, Andrea Bocelli was singing yeah, opera yeah. now. I'm like, no, this is not yeah. the stadium for this. Uh, None of the fans know the words. So it why, put me why off, it, it put me off the stadium for good. So I don't like Leicester Stadium. Any any Welsh stadiums? Um, the Nessie Red Stadium. The Jockstein Lounge. Brilliant pitch. I tell you what's an unbelievable stadium as well. Um, only because I don't know if you've seen the entrance into the, I think it's the way end, is Kenilworth Road in Luton. So the end, to get into the stand, you literally go through houses. So yeah. there's a street, and then in the middle of the street, there's just this underground where you go through, and all of a sudden you're in the stand. Yeah. So it was like that in the Vetch. I missed the Vetch. The Vetch. Oh, yeah, the Vetch. Yeah, yeah. the, um, the ref for the official's entrance was just two houses. And there was just a small like alley in between, just on on the like on the street. 
as quality. I miss the Vetch, Rich Vetch's uh, quality. Uh, Anfield, three Liverpool fans, we have to mention Anfield. I tell you, one I really don't like, for the same reasons you work, um, was uh, Bloomfield Road, where Black will play. Yeah. Uh, I just hate the colour. It just looks so, uh, it looks so disgusting. Yeah. I hate yeah. it when it was sunny, because Black was... Uh, Kit is so orange. It just didn't match very well. It just didn't look nice. <laughs> so, it's too bright for me. Do you know when you think of it as well? Do you think of like people, I think of people like Gary Taylor Fletcher. Yeah. It's like, I don't need that in my life. Do you know I mean, I don't need to be no. thinking of fat Charlie Adam with a wand of a left foot for one year. <laughs> DJ Campbell's go tooth poking out everywhere. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> Matt Gilks in goal as well. What team I was. What a team. Manager, month for manager. It was a struggle keeping them in the league. James Beatty is my fourth choice striker. Of this. How old was he? <laughs> Too old. <laughs> There's no If he, Ian Holloway was in the Prem now, he could be manager of the year. Or manager of our team. I'd love that. But uh, go back to stadiums for a sec. When we went to Anfield, um, Anfield makes my top of my list just because when me and Rob went, Rob was given a free pair of boxer shots. <laughs> yeah. Neither of them, did My party poems. Your party poems. Yeah, that, that was a good Just day. in a pub. <laughs> Just I was given a voucher for a free pie. Rob was given free box shots. Was that the same pub we saw the Gary Mack block? Yeah. Just screaming his l- at the top of his lungs, that chant. And while Just... you're on Spotify downloading this podcast, search <laughs> Gary Mack playlist. You'll not regret it. <laughs> and on that note, I think it's time to end. It's not of their misery. Right, it's been a pleasure, guys, as usual. Thank you for joining and thank you for your opinions. We will see you next week. All the best. See you next week. Yep.